how are you going to win deals? You have to have people part of your team that are not necessarily really part of your team. Who's that? That's the guy that cuts your hair. You know, that's the mm -hmm. valet guys at the expensive restaurants. You know, they all know me by name. How much business do I have I gotten from that? You know, it's the bartenders mm -hmm. that hear somebody, you know, oh, I need to find a new house. Um, you know, I got a friend moving into town or just got a divorce, whatever. And those guys will give them my card, you know, and those guys are all part of my team. And all those are relationships that I've been courting for decades. Those are the ones that really help help your business. And don't take your eyes off that. Be creative with people that are outside of your sphere. Welcome to the Real Trending Podcast, where your host, Tracy Belt, Editorial Director of Real Trends, interviews the brightest minds in real estate. Each week, brokerage leaders, top agents, team leaders, and industry experts join Tracy to share trends, their secrets to success, and the lessons they learn navigating this ever-changing industry. Welcome to the Real Trending Podcast, where we speak to the brightest minds in real estate about leadership, business growth, trends, and strategy. I'm your host, Tracy Velt, Senior Director of Data and Content for Housing Wire. And today I am speaking with Bono Ansley. He is the broker of Ansley Real Estate Christie's International in Atlanta. And Team Bono was listed as number one for sales volume and number four four for transaction sides in Georgia in the Real Trends America's Best. Bono was also awarded a rank of seven on the 2023 Real Trends plus Tom Ferry, the thousand for sales volume in the medium team category across the nation. So welcome, Bono. Thanks for joining us on the Real Trending Podcast. I'm super excited to be here this morning. Yeah, I want to really start at the beginning because you, um, and, and I want to clarify whether you're running a teamerage or you are running a team within a brokerage. Um, so tell me a little bit about how you got your start and a little bit about your business model and, um, and your company. Yeah, that sounds great. I, I started as an agent in 2009 and I'll get to the backstory of how I became an agent, but mm -hmm. I was working for another brokerage and everything was going great. I was, um, you know, still the number one agent in Atlanta but I felt like the platform could be different where I wanted to really grow my team. And so mm -hmm. I developed Ansley Atlanta Real Estate, and it was just focused in Atlanta and it was just my team. And, you know, I started with five or six members that came over with me to start my team. Mm -hmm. And with that, I developed a um, what ended up being a wonderful platform for agents to work under. And uh, mm -hmm. fast forward that to 2023, you know, we've got 420 agents, we've got, you know, a marketing house with, you know, 14 mm -hmm. or 15 graphic designers, we've got, you know, seven or eight managing brokers, we've got nine or 10 offices, but I'm still work within that platform that I created with my team. And I still run my team as I run my mm -hmm business. And we've transferred our, uh, from Ansley Atlanta because we've grown outside of Atlanta. Uh, we went to Ansley Real Estate. And then we got involved with Christie's International Real Estate, which is another story in itself. So now we're Ansley Christie's International Real Estate. And I am a team within that brokerage, which uh, which I own or am a partner in. Okay. So so you're a partner in it, and but you're not the managing broker. 
No, no. I was the managing broker for probably the first year and um, mm -hmm. knew that we needed more horsepower and uh, I needed a broker, frankly. Right. So I uh, <laughs> I hired uh, a one broker and now we've got, uh, you know, six or seven, you know, within nine or 10 offices. OK. And as far as the company owners, um, you and is there another uh, partner in the business? Yeah. So as we grew the business. I brought in at properties out of Chicago to be my partner and they bought a significant portion of the business. And, uh, and then we used their technology, their proprietary technology called platform to run our growing business, Ansley Real Estate. Fast forward to 2021, the end, I went back in with them and, um, through the partnership that we're in, uh, collectively, we bought Christie's International Real Estate. So I'm now yeah. a partner in the larger brand of Christie's and, uh, you know, a partner in the ownership group that owns Ansley Real Estate, At Properties, Sereno. Um, and we've got a really, really great thing going relative to our ownership group. Okay, that's wonderful. Um, I know you overcame quite a bit of adversity um, throughout your life. I saw that there you had a fire at your house and you were dyslexic or you are dyslexic. You've had quite a few hurdles to overcome. And I think a lot of agents really can um, relate to that because they've also had hurdles. So tell me a little bit about, about that and, and some of the lessons that you may have learned overcoming that adversity and becoming so successful with your team and brokerage. Yeah, I mean, everybody's got things that they go through life. I mean, life's not an easy path for anybody. I've never met anybody with 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 an easy life and an easy path. And I, I've had a phenomenal life. I just um, I was a, I was I was just not a great student, which I think a lot of people can relate to. I just didn't fit in a uh, in the box that 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 developed really really good students. So my learning was done outside the box. And when that light bulb went off, when I was probably a junior in high school, after going to a lot of different schools, they didn't know what to do with me, but I learned I was going to be okay when I uh, started to use my mind to market things, develop things, design things. And I did that in the form of t-shirts and hats and ended up selling a lot of t-shirts and hats with cool uh, messages and designs to uh, throughout high school. And then I started a um, a business my freshman year in college called Yellow Five T-Shirt Company, where we ended up designing for all the parties and the for the fraternities and sororities and selling shirts and things for every party they did for every fraternity and sorority. So we ended up, you know, having a wonderful company, which I sold when I started to uh, fall in love with real estate when I started taking real estate classes at uh, University of Georgia. Um, and, you know, my dyslexic is, I mean, there's a lot of people dyslexic. And frankly, there's a lot of agents. And the reason why they're not in the corporate world is because they don't fit into a box. And, you know, when you're an agent, you're able to be whoever you are. You are able to, uh, you know, brand what you want to brand. You're able to use your creative mind to do different things, to sell things, to sell houses, to sell property. And I think I'm really lucky to be able to kind of marry my um, my passion and then with my skill set that I have, you know, and my skill set does not make me a, an accountant or a, a, a nuclear scientist or a doctor or anything like that. My skill sets with people. 
And I learned that early on, which I think is a huge gift um, because I knew what I was good at and knew what I was not good at and been able to work in a environment or an industry where I could be successful. So early on, right when I finished college, I, I got my real estate license when I was still in college and built a house and uh, started selling, selling things. And right after college, I moved down and start selling at a resort uh, down on the coast of Georgia called the Ford Field and River Club. And, you know, at 21, 22, 23 years old, there was no better environment to go out and sell property and real estate. And um, actually, that was probably 1999, 2021, uh, 2001, 20, uh, 2002. But I was able to meet with people and sell them a dream and find a piece of property and get them excited and then get them to a closing. And I knew that I was going to be good at something in life. Uh, and it, it turned out to be, you know, real estate. So uh, I felt very, very, very fortunate early on that I was able to find something that I was going to be good at. Yeah, I mean, that's it. it is actually rare for people to kind of recognize their strengths, especially when you're in high school, early college. It's kind of all a mishmash of, of what do I want to do? What am I good at? Um, and, you know, it's so fascinating. You're really a typical entrepreneur. That is exactly, you know, what I hear from a lot of real estate brokers, a lot of team leaders is they never felt like they really fit in that box and they, they wanted to expand outside of it and really focus on what they were good at. And, um, you know, congratulations to you because you've well, built a great company and business. So some people, um, define success with a SAT score or a GPA. Mm -hmm. And there's another way. And um, luckily I was a, a decent athlete. So I had success on the ball fields and, and things like that, but I was not successful in a, a, you know, uh, in a portion of the life before you're 18 years old, where people really realize, well, what, you know, what's your grades, what's your grade point average, what's your SAT. Mm -hmm. That wasn't going to define my success. And I was confident enough as an individual where I knew I was going to be successful, but I was going to have to figure it out. Uh, and what I say a lot today is I was smart enough to know how dumb I am. And if you really <laughs> think through what that means, um, and and, and I've, I've gone through business that way. When I started Ansley in 2015, I knew that I couldn't do or I was not going to be the right person to do specific tasks within that organization. But with my people skills, I was able to hire the right people to do those specific tasks. I do mm -hmm. the same thing with my team of real estate. I focus on the 20% or 25% of my team that generates business, that deals with people, and that works on deals. The mm -hmm. other stuff, I put people in place that are much better than me at those tasks to do that. And I'm able to run a very, very efficient team. Uh, you know, in 2022, you know, we sold 470 plus million dollars of, of property and I can't be everywhere. Right. So if I put the right people in place and I don't have a mega team, I mean, I've probably got mm -hmm. six or seven people. Um, mm -hmm. but three people that are out facing and the other folks are, you know, doing the paperwork, doing the marketing, doing the other, the, the deal management and doing all the other stuff. And I know where my place is on the team. 
And I think that's really important for agents that are listening out there to know your place on the team and 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 know what you do really really good and focus your time on that because then you can have growth and scale. And I'm able to to do that and sell that much property, but also continue to run our business. Now I'm not the I I, I relinquished my CEO title last year, but I still am the vision for the company. I still do the recruiting. I'm still um, you know, working with uh, our head of marketing to understand the brand and make sure, you know, and do all the big things because that's what I'm, I'm a visionary. That's that that's what I'm good at. Mm -hmm. um, and the other stuff, the operations and stuff, I keep a handle on that and I understand what we're doing. But I always give people the responsibility to move forward in their job, not a task list. And if you can mm -hmm. hire the right people and give them a long, long runway to do their job, they're going to be much happier and have much more job satisfaction. The people on my team have been with me for all 10 years plus. So mm -hmm. I think that's a testament to keeping good people, giving them the runway to do what they, and, and I've also, you know, over the last, you know, six or seven years, I also use, you know, different personality tests to make sure that those mm -hmm. people are going to be happy within the job that they're supposed to do. Um, if, if that makes sense. And I think that's really, really important to make sure that, um, people are in the place they should be because they'll thrive if they are. Yeah, absolutely. And I do think, um, you know, this market is challenging a lot of agents with low inventory, high interest rates, um, you know, no end in sight to the, the interest rate issue. Um, and so, what advice do you have for agents to drive their business forward? I mean, there's the usual keep in touch with your sphere, but, oh, you know, it's funny. I went to a, a real estate conference recently and agents were like, well, how do I do that? What do I say to them? How do I, you know, like, I don't, I don't want to just call and ask, do you know, someone ready to buy a house, which is probably the worst thing that you could ask. Um, so what are, what's your advice for agents in today's market? Well, if they're in the right place, it's it should be somewhat natural. And um, you know, we we as a team, you know, go by how you do anything is how you do everything, right? And that's mm -hmm. that starts with your home life, right? That starts with 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 your health. That starts with your the way your mind is 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 feeling and operating. It's 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 how you treat people. And then if you're going to be a really, really top producer, there's an obsession about it, right? There's a, a competitive um, atmosphere, you know, atmosphere where I thrive in a competitive atmosphere because I always want to, you know, you know, stay at the top of my game, stay at the top of Georgia, and um, and and you got to keep reinventing yourself. I mean, all agents start the year January first at zero. It doesn't matter what kind of year you had uh, the year before, and um, you know, if, if it's not broke, break it. Right. So, so, so every year we start over and, and, mm -hmm. and I've been fortunate enough, you know, when I started my career in selling in 2009, I was able to double my business every single year. Right. And, and to double your business every single year, you, you can't do the things that you were doing the year before, because you're going to have what the same result. Right. So you constantly have to continue with technology, continue with doing different things. Um, of course, everybody talks about oh, keeping up with your clients and your past clients. I mean, that's that's second nature. Right. And if you're if you're if you're really good at this business, 
you know, it's it's a way of life relative to I don't have a set regiment like a lot of people that I've that I interview in our podcast, Brokering Billions. You know, some people do cold calling for the first two hours. Then they do mm -hmm. this, they do this. Like yes. I don't have a set regiment. It's just a way of life that I keep in touch with my folks. And we do that through a variety of different things. A lot of agents are doing really, really well on social media, but some are taking that becoming social media stars and not real estate stars. And there's a big difference, right? You can have a million followers and sell not a lot of real estate, but 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 be a star. Or you can have a good constant mix of um, promoting yourself, promoting your property, and still continue to grow as a real estate agent. So there's got to be some sort of mix relative to everything that you do um, as a real estate agent. Yeah, definitely. I mean, um, I know several agents who actually are very successful, but they're also a social media stars. And then there are others that, um, you know, they're just getting a footing, but it is a great uh, me medium for referral business as well. Just if you get, if you have enough followers, you're going to get people contacting you. So that's so right. Definitely. Yeah. Um, so let's talk about your book, Brokering Billions. Um, so what are some of the key takeaways that you think our audience, um, and our audience includes brokers and real estate leaders and agents, um, can take away from, from the book? First of all, being dyslexic and not reading a lot of books, but listening to a lot of books, writing your own book is very, very difficult. And uh, <laughs> I seem to uh, like to do things that are really, really challenging, you know, because, you know, just coasting, coasting through is something that I just can't do. And, um, you know, somebody, you know, uh, you know, uh, you know, but oh, you should write a book, you know, because you, you always get people that ask you on a daily basis, hey, how do I do this? How do you do this? You know, how did you start? So I put it all down on my book and um, it shares my story. Um, it was really fun to do. And it took me, God, it took me a couple years to do it. Um, interesting story. Uh, it, it came about, I, I, I was, I was at a restaurant and um, having a great uh, dinner with my family and I choked on a piece of steak and mm. uh, I, it wasn't coming out. And, you know, the waiter was doing the Heimlich maneuver on me and I ended up losing consciousness and it was a real bad scene. And somehow, some way, um, you know, they, they got me back up and they put somebody else doing the Heimlich. And um, the story goes that, that, that they got the, they got the stake out because I'm still here. But yeah. the next day I woke up and I go, golly, I could have died last night. And um, I really got a lot to say because there's a lot of people out there, even high school folks or college folks that don't know what they're doing and mm -hmm. don't know what they're going to do when they finish school. And maybe they've been beaten down because they're not the greatest student. And I wanted to talk through that the curves in life, the challenges in life that you have are your greatest asset to, to, to push through and to figure out really who you are. And um, you, you, you know, the, the, the way that life goes, I mean, I, 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 I was a great, as I told you guys, when I started out after college, I started selling real estate down in, um, the Ford field river club. And I sold a lot of real estate and I built our dream house on the Wilmington river in Savannah with my wife. 
And we had just gotten married. She was nine months pregnant and we were about to have our first child and our dream house gets struck by lightning and burns down to the ground. And so you're sitting there going, man, that night before the house burned down, life was amazing. Like we were selling real estate. We were newlyweds. We're about to have this baby. And your life changes because you lose everything that you've ever owned. And and, and, mm -hmm. and and you also lose a house that you put your heart and soul in building for a, a couple of years. But if that didn't happen, I wouldn't have moved back to Atlanta a few weeks later, right? And started mm -hmm. a... A, a, de a development there where I was a developer, right? And I learned so much on the development side for uh, several years until the real estate recession happened. And one thing I was um, developing with some with with another company uh, ended up failing because the real estate market crashed and there was no buyers, and we had just finished this beautiful you know seventy million dollar development, and nobody was coming to buy it, and the market was terrible. And that was the bottom of the curve. But then I said, geez, well, what am I going to do? And I looked back in my life and I said, well, I started with people, not developing. Mm -hmm. you know, I love building and I love, you know, putting something together. So then I moved back into becoming a real estate agent. So that bottom mm -hmm. of the curve brought me back to the top of the curve. And I started having success as a real estate agent. And one thing led to another. I started a company and continue to sell real estate and have a big platform. So you got to embrace the curves in life. And the book is all about that. It's all about how to how to build a team. It's all about how to structure your day. It has some mindset stuff in there. Um, mm -hmm. And and I wrote this thing and uh, you know put it out there. And next thing you know, it's a New York Times bestseller. And that was really really exciting for me to say, well, God, people are actually reading this book and. I don't know, what is there, a million and a half agents in the United States? And this is a great playbook for agents. Um, my Audible book, which was sure was a lot easier to do, uh, is coming out here uh, very, very soon. So I think if agents are anything like me and in your car a lot, the Audible mm -hmm. version is a wonderful thing to download and listen to while you're in your car. Because the nuggets and takeaways that I've done over the last 25 years with my career to where I am now, it's all in that book. And, um, and I think people are loving it. Yeah, I will definitely load the audible version. I listen to podcasts and books, um, while I run in the morning and that I think it's a very timely one for today, especially, um, because agents are going through a really tough time. Um, and just kind of realizing that the market goes up and down, it will go back up. It may take some time, but the building blocks that you're, uh, you know, putting in place right now are what are what are going to, you know, really propel you when the market does go um, back. And well, you're exactly right. And I started being a real estate agent in 2009. So for all the agents <laughs> listening out there, 2009 was a <laughs> terrible time to jump in and start. There was agents flocking to get out of the business. Okay. Yeah. So this is a time for agents to start in a business. This is a time for agents to reinvent yourself. This is a time to get your systems in place, get your head right, really understand how to build a team if that's what you want to do. Um, this is a great time for all of that. And all agents out there that are listening should embrace this difficult time because you're able to sharpen your mm -hmm. skills. So when the market gets back on fire, when interest rates go down back to 5%, and I think there's a lot of pent-up demand right now because people aren't moving, right? Inventory is low because nobody's moving. So when that pendulum 
swings back to a lower interest rate environment, I think we're going to have another feeding frenzy. I don't know when that's going to be. Obviously, I'm not an economist. Yeah. You all heard my academic career, but I do read a little bit and understand a little bit relative to yeah. what's going on out there. And I think at a certain point, everybody on the sidelines is going to try to because families have grown. Right. People have the down payment to go buy another house. They just don't want to have a double or triple cost per month. So I think there's going to be this wild sensation. Is it going to happen in 2024? Is it going to happen in 2025? I don't know. But I'll tell you one thing. Yeah. I'm ready for it and I'll be prepared for it. Yeah. And, I, and I'll tell you, just interviewing so many um, real estate team leaders and brokers over the years, including through the Great Recession, um, the the best ones grew their market share during these downturns. Uh, you know, they they that's when they were investing money. That's when they were really um, honing their skills and and growing. And it's just like I can't tell you the number of people I've talked to who did the same thing as you started in you know 2008, 2009 and um, are super successful today because they started at a time that forced them to really work hard and and prepare and like hone their skills. So yeah. It wasn't easy to sell houses then. So you had to do creative marketing. I, I remember I had a, a, a Braves baseball player that called me and said he just got traded and he was moving and he wanted me to sell his house. And I went over there and it was vacant and hadn't moved out everything all the way. And the market was terrible. And, you know, I said, geez, what is this? It's just, it has no life in here. So I, I, mm -hmm. I called up um, an art, uh, uh, you know, store and said, Hey, mm -hmm. let's put some art in this house. And I want you to invite, I'm going to pay for the party. You invite all your clients that have spent over $20,000 with you. And I'll invite, you know, my sphere and let's have a party. Let's just showcase this house. Mm -hmm. And he put probably a million dollars worth of art in the house. And it was phenomenal. Mm -hmm. Even though there was no furniture, no nothing. We had a DJ yeah. in there. Um, I had Ferrari come out and they were giving test drives to folks and kind of made this partnership together. Well, Somebody came to look at the art, ended up buying the house. And I said, God, there's another way to do stuff around here. You know, and I think that was 2009 yeah. or 2010. And and and, mm -hmm. and and it's hard. It's hard right now, right? It's hard to get listings. It's very, very mm -hmm. competitive because, you know, somebody does want to sell and they'll know 10 agents and everybody's going to give them a pitch. How do you win that pitch? You win that pitch yeah. from your experience and what you're going to do. And, and 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 honing your skills. So if you got in the business in 2021, you were an order taker, right? Yeah. And you didn't have to do much. So it's the agents that really honed the skills back in the re Great Recession and that are doing mm -hmm. it now, they're going to be successful in the later years. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and you did, you um, talked about the art show. So I want to talk a little bit about the luxury market kind of mindset um, and trends that you're seeing in that market today. Uh, so tell me what you're seeing. I know you're specific. Well, you said you're outside of Atlanta as well, but um, talk to me about what's happening. Well, the market's kind of fragmented. I mean, in my market, God, it's kind of hard to sell a one and a half to $2 million house right now, because those people might be coming from a 500 or a 750 mm -hmm. and their interest rate locked. Um, so the people with cash still making money and, and, and they're buying the threes and the fours and the sevens and the eights. Um, mm -hmm. But the prices have come down a little bit because there's not as many buyers. I mean, the market's not 
dead the way it was in the Great Recession. Um, mm -hmm. There's still deals to be made. There's still people moving into our great city of Atlanta. Um, so, you, you know, I, I look, I, I'm I'm probably down. I think that my numbers are around. I think I've closed or, or have pending around 250 million so far this year. And what is it? It's it's the end of September. You know, I'll finish the year over 300, um, but that's considerably down from where I was last year. Yeah. Um, and that's okay. Uh, I'm still working as hard. Um, I'm still busy during the day, but it's just not as easy to sell a house. Yeah, absolutely. And so let's talk mindset um, because you said you talked a little bit about that in your book and obviously you have a, a growth mindset. Um, so what are some of the tricks and like um, suggestions you have for agents to kind of get in that mindset um, when they're really struggling? Well, first, if you're an Atlanta agent, know that there's 25,000 other agents in the city. Okay. Know that the inventory is low. So how are you going to win deals? You have to be mm -hmm. completely obsessed. You have to have actors out there or people part of your team that are not necessarily really part of your team. Who's that? That's the guy that cuts your hair. You know, that's the mm -hmm. valet guys at the expensive restaurants. You know, they all know me by name. They all, you know, have my my books and my brochures when a Ferrari or a Mercedes or a nice car comes in, you know, those guys put it in the passenger seat with my card in it. Right. You know, I give those guys great tips every time I see them a couple hundred bucks, you know, you know, all the time. So, so how much business do I, have I gotten from that? You know, it's the bartenders, mm -hmm. right. That, that here's somebody, you know, Oh, I need to find a new house. Um, you know, I got a friend moving into town or just got a divorce, whatever. And those guys will give them my card, you know, and those guys are all part of my team, right? It's the accountants, the guys that are, you know, that, that have a client that's selling a company. It's the wealth managers, right? And all those are relationships that I've been courting for decades. And mm -hmm. the level of business I get just from my team members outside of my core team that I'm paying, um, those are the ones that really help help your business. And don't take your eyes off that. Be creative with people that are um, outside of your sphere. Um, and, um, and and I think that's a really, really important thing to do. That's great advice. Um, and it makes so much sense. And I think it's something that not a lot of agents really think about. You know, you hear, oh, where your name tag to the grocery store? But it goes so far beyond that. Um, well, it does. I mean, so e e even when I shouldn't have been, you know, eating expensive meals every night. I, um, I was sitting at the bar, not the table. Why? Cause I was going to meet everybody on either side of me, you know, and I still do that today. And there, you know, if I look on my light items of money spent, I mean, I, I, you know, I go out to dinner five nights a week and I go to different places and I sit at the bar with my wife and, you know, mm -hmm. we're constantly out there doing our thing. And by the way, it's natural, right? We don't have to think what we're doing. It just comes naturally. Yeah. Right. Um, and, uh, and, and, and that's the mindset you have. If you're an agent, know that it's very, very competitive, know that some agents aren't going to make a sale and, um, and know if you're going to provide for your family and do it in a good way, you've got to really, really be elite and to be elite, right. You, you, you've got to do things differently. And, and, and sometimes you got to not follow the trends of what everybody else is doing. And um, mm -hmm. I've never been able to 
you know, follow any in anybody, uh, you know, just because I, I, I do things so differently. And um, mm -hmm. luckily in this space of real estate, it's worked out really well for me. Yeah. I, and uh, my final question is really, um, well, I have two. One is where do you find inspiration and motivation? Um, you know, is it your family? Is it your competitiveness? Is it, is it a podcast or someone you follow a coach? I don't know. Just, you know, where do you find that? Well, if your family's not happy, you're not going to do any good business, right? So that's 100% the most important thing is to not outwork yourself out of a family, right? And, um, and, and stay grounded relative to make sure that your, your, your team at home, uh, is, uh, is, is, is motivated and, and, and doing the things that they need to do. Where I find success today and where I find happiness is watching agents succeed um, under our mm -hmm. platform. And, um, you know, if they come over as a $10 million producer and the next year they're a $20 million producer, we're doing something right. And mm -hmm. that makes me feel really, really great because it might be a single mother and she might want to have her child go to a private school. And when she came over to our company, maybe she wasn't able to do that. And, um, you know, I've got some agents that started with me as $18 million producers that are now over $100 million producers. And that's changed the whole course for generations for that family, you know, and, and being able to give the tools and advice and expertise that we can to watch people succeed uh, is the reason why I'm doing it. And I'm still doing it. Um, and also from a, from a standpoint of selling houses. Um, yeah. I had a meeting yesterday and um, I walked into the house, not knowing what I was going to get into. And it was a husband and wife and she grabbed a drink and we sat on the back porch and the husband came out and he's got a 30 pound tumor and he's got terminal mm. cancer. And they were behind on their multi-million dollar house on their mortgage. And he can't work because he's sick. And they've got three kids in college. And it was it was not a discussion on how am I going to sell this house? Because mm -hmm. at the end of the day, we, we figured out how to keep them in there for two more years, get the kids out of college and um, and, and him through his treatment and everything else. That's what we do as agents is if you, if you don't think about the money that you're making, but you're thinking about how you're helping people, mm -hmm. that's the difference. And that's, 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 that's where you start to do really, really good things. Absolutely. Um, my last question is just what's next uh, for Ansley Real Estate and Team Bono? For Team Bono, uh, we want to continue to be the gold standard. We want to, um, you know, I've, I've, I've taken Team Bono to um, a different city down in Sea Island, St. Simons. That's been fun. That's been challenging. That's been a way for us to grow. Um, we've started to do new construction. You know, we just did a 44 um, unit uh, brand new building from start to finish. And we just sold out that building last week. Um probably a $200 million sellout there. And, and we're starting to do different stuff. And, and that's been a lot of fun. Um, with the company, we are going to continue to grow market share. We're going to continue to make sure that agents around Atlanta know that um, we've got the best platform. Um, and, uh, and we're going to continue to grow because our, our, our goal is to, um, you know, be the, be, be the number one market share, uh, in Atlanta. And we're, uh, we're headed that way and, uh, we're, we're not gonna, and we're going to do it the right way 
too, uh, because we're very selective on who 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 comes and joins us. Um, but 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 hiring the people first, and then figuring out where that superstar can go in the organization is also important. Mm -hmm. Even if we don't have a spot for a new managing broker that we feel is going to be amazing, we'll grow into that person, right? So. Um, and that's the other way to, that, that we've that, that, that when I started in the business every year, you know, if I was a $50 million producer and I wanted to go to 100, January 1st, I would start thinking and acting and building my team and spending money like a $100 million producer. And guess what? Mm -hmm. If you've got a goal at the end and, you've, and, you, and you're starting in the beginning with where you want to go, you're going to get there, right? Mm -hmm. um, and I think that's an important thing for the agents listening to know. Well, thank you, Bono, so much for sharing all of your insight and wisdom. Um, we appreciate you joining the Real Trending Podcast. Well, I've had a blast. Have a great day. And uh, thanks to all that listens. And uh, you can all uh, go get the Broker and Billions books. And if you have any questions or concerns or advice, uh, shoot me an email. And thank you so much. Thank you for listening to Real Trending. If you haven't already, we'd love it if you'd take a minute to rate the show or leave a comment. And we will see you next week with more news and insights.